Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Right now, let's say good afternoon to Dave Archer, who joins us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Arch, officially the offseason, and I think Mike and I are both curious, where do we start? What are Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot going to do as we get this offseason started, and how is it different from when they first got here? Well, I think first of all, uh, guys, good good to be with you guys again as we close out this kind of this this campaign, this 2022 campaign. And uh, I think there were some good things that came out of this thing. There were some things that we're still scratching our head on, and I know you guys are going to be doing that throughout the offseason here. But obviously, the first thing is is kind of what they described in their press conference. And I know it's a little bit boring, but they've got to evaluate what they did from a personnel standpoint, how that fit to what they did last year, and 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 then how it fit based on what they called, how did they call the games, could they have made some adjustments there, did they did they put their guys in the best position possible to play. I know there's the question is, did Marcus get removed early enough? Mariota, we should Ritter have been in a little bit early, and that'll be a debate that we'll have forever. I think we've got a, a, a decent sample size at the end of the season as to what the young quarterback potentially looks like, how he can handle things. I like what we see there. I know you guys do too. Love the young running back. I think the quarterback or the wide receiver certainly flourished when you changed quarterbacks. There's a couple guys on the defensive side of the ball that seem to to come on. But that'll be what they'll do, guys, is they're going to really evaluate their own roster. Because there's going to be some guys they're going to want to re-sign. Is it Rashawn Evans? Is it Lorenzo Carter? Are there some guys there? Caleb McGarry? There's some guys you need to look at. Do you want to bring those guys back? Does it make sense? Um, from a and, and there was a lot of discussion about who they are and their culture, and so those guys would have a lot to do with potentially how that how that's interpreted and how that's that continues on in the locker room because they were prominent players during the season. So all that is going to have to be evaluated before you really begin to dive into what's out there from a free agency standpoint. We know they have somewhere in the round of seventy million dollars to spend potentially what the draft picks are looking going to look like. So there's a lot to evaluate within your own building first uh, before you dive into what's going on outside the building. It is our man, the Idaho rail splitter. Dave Archer talking about uh, what we do. Where do we go from here? Um, we were talking about the offensive line, and I know I've asked you before, but I'll ask you again. Uh, I, are they satisfied at center well, with the job that was done this year? I know left guard, would you bring Elijah Wilkinson back? And are you satisfied bringing McGarry back? Yeah, I think there's a lot there, Mike, to, to kind of unpack, really. Um, the, the left guard was a rotating scenario because of injury. Um, I, I think Matt Hennessy did some good things when he was plugged in at left guard. Is he big enough to play that spot? It certainly looked like Elijah Wilkinson was a guy that was pretty solid there when he was healthy. And that's where you're concerned is, can he stay on the field? Because we don't need the revolving door at the left guard spot. Drew Dahlman, I thought, did some good things at the center spot. There were times where he looked a bit overmatched when you get the guys like a Vita Vea or somebody like that has the ability to – and Vita Vea is shoving everybody in the backfield, right? He's not just shoving Drew Dahlman in the backfield. But, uh, you know, his pad level, did he play with that? Is that something he can improve on? Caleb McGarry, I thought, did himself a solid, you know, and, and uh, he played with a chip on his shoulder. I thought he did some good things. Now, he had some moments in this last game that were overly glowing – Certainly in that first series of downs, I thought he got beat three, two of the first three plays of the game. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily carry into the offseason with a great feeling, but 
I thought overall he did some good things in the run game. I thought he improved his pass protection. Uh, so I think it's still, Mike, I still think it's a, it's still an evaluation there. I still think you're looking to upgrade, whether it's the starter or whether it's some depth. I kind of want to know what's going on with the big dog that they have there. Justin Schaefer, the guy that, right. that I think had a chance to kind of get a redshirt year, if you will, in the, in the NFL and learn what the game's all about, learn the system. That's a big body dude that I think could, could plug in there if in fact he improved. And that's the part we have to keep to keep reminding ourselves these guys aren't going to stay the same. They're going to, they're going to get better or going to get worse. And you mm-hmm. expect them to improve, especially the young players. I expect him to be a better version of himself when we go to camp this next year. It's Dave Archer guys talking with us about where this team is and where they are going. Arch, as we start the off season, I know this may change. What area is most important to address in your opinion? whether it be free agency or the draft, as we get you know down the road here in a couple of months? Yeah, I'm looking directly, Carl, at the D-line. I think that the D-line uh, was porous, especially when T.Q. Graham went down with injury. I think if you look, you can kind of parallel when the numbers began to increase in the run game. And there were some moments when he was in the game where they had some run issues in the interior. But I think when he went down – I thought the rotation got thinner. I didn't think they were quite as good at, at stopping the run from the interior. I thought that, you know, there were some moments on the edge. I think Adi Ogandeji continues to learn uh, the edge play, and I thought he got pinned to the inside a number of times in the run game. Uh, but that's my biggest concern is being able to stop the run. I think you got to force teams into third down situations that are uncomfortable. Atlanta was not very good on defense on third down, and and, and mainly is because they were comfortable third down situations. You didn't force a number of enough third and long situations. And the only way you get there is to be able to stop the run on first and second down. So you can force them into third and long situations. I thought the defense was pretty good in the red zone. And I thought that was their glowing area that they kept the scores down. Mike, you've talked about that a number of times where the score was in uh, uh, an amenable situation, right. if you will, where you had a chance to win at the end. But you didn't do enough to give your offense more offensive possessions. And that means getting off the field on third down. I think that starts with the ability to stop the run and then generate pass rush from the interior. We know Grady's a problem, but is there a guy opposite him that's a problem that creates one-on-one opportunities for those guys coming off the edge? All those things kind of tie together. So that's where I would go first, Carl, is I would look at the defensive line. And I know that uh, in this day's NFL, Arch, you're in the nickel so much, or dime in some cases, but do, do you want, do you have a preference with this personnel? Because it seems like with the one-year contracts and the rookies, we could flip it to a base 4-3, and it really wouldn't affect if, if they go with a D.C. that wants to do that. Yeah, and I think that, Mike, that we get caught up in, in what we are, a 3-4, or 4-3, and, and nobody's really anything anymore. It's an amoeba style of defense where – I think you, you've got a hybrid guy standing up on the outside that can rush the passer, whether that's a, a, a T.J. Watt or whether it's a Lorenzo Carter or whoever it might be. So I think that the base defenses are a little bit of a dinosaur now because of just what you suggested, 65 66% of the time, you're in a nickel set anyway, so it's a four-down line. There was a number of times DNP's had five linebackers on the field in a base defense. So what do you call that? You know, so... I think that from a from a trying to describe what we are from a base scenario really doesn't apply anymore because most of these defenses are very very hybrid in style anyway. Arch, uh, coaching staff standpoint, <clears throat> what other changes do you think might be made, if any, uh, and and how does that look this off season? 
Well, certainly, Carl, you got to address the defensive coordinator situation with Dean stepping away. And, and, and I know you guys have a lot of reverence for Dean, as I do. I think that the guy did a heck of a job. This is a guy he brought out of retirement to come out come out and try to help this defense. And I thought there were some good things they did. And I think there's some things they're going to – building blocks that Dean Pease put in, put in place that they'll be able to build off of from a, from a culture standpoint. Certainly red zone defense was one that I point to. Um, good man, a guy that uh, was a was kind of a, a gritty, hard-nosed guy. And I think you saw your defense play for four quarters. Whether it worked out for us and we won the game or not, uh, those that was a group that I think we took a lot of pride in from Falcon fans. That you, all of a sudden you got a four-quarter team. You weren't giving things up. It was a team that fought to the finish, and Dean has a lot to do with that. So how do you build on that? Do you find a guy that's a, that established guy like a Brian Flores that has some some of those principles that he comes in and can and, and can shape the defense in a in a in another way where they're better on third down and they're a little bit better against the pass, um, or is it a guy that's an up and comer like a Gerard Mayo? I know Mayo. I know there's been a lot of conversation about New England trying to to shore up and make sure Gerard Mayo is signed, but he's a guy that's getting a lot of a lot of ink as well. So um, I think there's a, that's the number one thing you're going to try to do, and I think the Falcons will take their time. Maybe they. Maybe they promote Frank Bush with an end. You know, Frank Bush is a guy that's been around and knows the system, and you could you could bring in another coach. So there's going to be a lot of discussion about what's going on at defensive coordinator. Edge rush, corner. I mean, I know we got about 30 seconds left, Arch, but I mean, I, I, we got a lot of time to see the combine shake out and all the evaluations. But I mean, is if you had to do one thing, I think most Falcon fans say, man, we haven't been in the pass rush business consistently in about 15 years. Well, Mike, it's going to be about addressing the entire group. And, and to me, it's the defensive tackle position. Mm. Right now, Deron Payne, Dalvin Tomlinson, somebody that's a big-body dude that can create problems on the interior is a guy I'm looking at. Right. Um, yeah, there's going to be a few edge guys, but I would look interior right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 